Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usebookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 40, Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Myself, Johnny B, special guest, video game Amazon seller, Jack up here next to me in the corner. Johnny's down bottom. You're probably, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're probably like, man, Johnny B is looking a little rough today. Well, he got caught in a rainstorm coming in this morning. So, you know, he's looking like a Ninja Turtle who just crawled out of the sewer. But we're going to dive into, you know, what it, you know what it takes to have a video game selling business. And for me, it's, you know, I enjoy playing video games. I can't as much as I used to. And if I had the supply of video games in my area, then 100 percent, I would I would sell video games all day long. I've been finding a little bit more here and there, but not enough to be like, hey, I sell video games now. So I'm going to throw it over to Jack. He's going to introduce himself and a little bit about his business. And then me and Johnny B are going to pick on him and, you know, see what it really takes to make it in the video game world. So what's up, Jack? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Jack. Uh, I primarily sell on uh, Amazon FBA. I started it around 2013 doing uh, retail online arbitrage. Uh, I didn't really do that well at it. Uh, about 2016, I learned about thrift stores, uh, mostly did books, uh, going to thrift stores, getting books, all that kind of stuff. Uh, transitioned more to online arbitrage of books, like textbooks, flipping Amazon, eBay, back to Amazon. Uh, around 2018, 2019. Uh, but then around 2019, uh, I primarily focused on video games, which is what I'm really passionate about and enjoy selling. Uh, I was able to get some capital from doing used books and uh, doing thrift store stuff and was able to kind of transition to used video games. And that's most of my business now is uh, doing used video games on Amazon. It went super well in 2020 uh, with uh, Amazon being kind of locked down. Uh, people buying a lot of video games there. My business has kind of done super well. And I'm mostly uh, video game specialized now on Amazon, mostly with a little bit of stuff on eBay uh, as well, more collectible stuff on there. But mostly Amazon FBA video games is my business. So what they do, I... wait, hold up here, Johnny B. So the, 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 it's true what they say, right? Everybody starts out with books on Amazon. Yeah. I just wanted to confirm that. All yeah, right, it's amazing. I love used books. I love to talk about it. Like, I, I would love to still do used books. It's a lot of fun. That's how I got my start, pretty much. That's my first success on there. So, yeah, it's awesome. And two things, to your credit. You were a solo uh, solo op for how long? Uh, I'm still mostly solo. have a little bit of help uh, part-time. Uh, but uh, pretty much, like, most of my uh, selling has been like solo on there. So uh, I haven't really had uh, full-time employees uh, yet in my business. So, but most of the scaling has just been kind of myself and I like it because I can keep a lot of the profits to it. And I've like saved up over the years from it. So it's been super good to kind of do it mostly myself. And my second thing here, for those that don't know, is I like to plug daily refinement a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack here runs the Amazon call on Fridays, daily refinement. Yeah, so there's a plug for daily refinement. It's a good group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> I'm curious, like, what was the infliction point where you decided, all right, I'm tired of lugging these old crappy heavy books and I, I want to sell video games now? So for video games, like, as you said at the start, it, it is super hard to find it locally like in thrift stores i'd rarely find video games so uh it is hard to find a consistent source of it you basically can spend a lot of time 
uh, researching it, like finding stuff, like putting up Craigslist posts, Facebook, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of time trying to find collections from people, or you can kind of use money to buy used lots from various places like eBay, if you're buying collections off there. That's just significantly uh, more money to actually do that. Uh, but that's mostly what I kind of like scaled into. And uh, I, I really did enjoy the book stuff. Uh, I was in the Northern Virginia area, which is a really good book market. And there's a lot of really good uh, like thrift stores uh, with uh, books available around. So I did super well with it, but it was also incredibly competitive as well. There would always be a scanner camping out uh, thrift stores. Everyone I went to by the end when I stopped. Uh, so it was super competitive, but there was a lot of good value there. But it just became I kind of hit a cap where it's difficult to scale further doing thrift. Uh, and I was saving up money from buying stuff used or like selling but by basically buying stuff for like two bucks from a thrift store or selling it for 20. But there's only so much you can kind of scale with that. And I had to kind of uh, expand a little bit, accept a little bit lower profit margins and uh, kind of use the capital to scale a little bit more. So it's interesting about what you just said. It was super competitive then. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to make the prediction that it's going to be a little bit less competitive with the rising prices of Amazon as a lot of everybody's going to, once they figure out that they're going to be losing money on just the everything books, unlike before where you could just send in pretty much everything. Yeah. So I, I could see it being a less competitive market in the near future. Honestly, I'd be curious. Uh, I, I actually started going for fun. I'll go back to a thrift store about once, a, once a month or so. And it did seem like the, uh, I went back um, a couple of weeks ago uh, for the first time in a while. And uh, it, there did seem to be two full-time scanners there while I was there. Like, I kind of checked it out. So uh, at least in my area, there does seem to be some competition. I didn't recognize them from when I used to do it. But uh, it does seem like there's definitely uh, a lot of competition in my area, at least still on that. Yeah, about two months ago, I haven't been in thrift stores in like over a year. I went mm -hmm. for funsies just to see what the books were like uh, as I was trying to get some resupply of my uh, fun paperbacks I do. And they were all clothing sellers, but I was hearing the eBay ka-ching left and right, but they were all in the clothing area. Nobody was at the book area. I'm like, yeah, you guys stay over there. It's fine. Just my books. So, I did, I, yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I, I do think like it's video games. I When I first started thrifting back in, you know, 2018, 2017, I don't even remember when, like you would actually see video games out in the wild, right? You know, like you see stuff and you'd be like, okay, you know, I can make some money on this. Do you think that all of the thrift stores now, if it's a video game, they're looking it up regardless of what console it is, what condition it is? Because I I never see these things. And if I do, it'll be like Madden 2014 and it's in the glass case for 10 bucks, right? So it's like, do you think that any any video game that comes in, every thrift store is looking it up nowadays? Uh, Goodwill certainly does uh, because they have like their online like way of uh, selling stuff as well now so uh goodwill is definitely doing it uh obviously goodwills are like regionally operated so some might the ones in my area certainly do like everything like they haven't had video games pretty much forever unless it's like a common like we fit or something like that that no one cares about so uh video game like for goodwill they certainly do uh i think uh, I used to do a lot of savers, like savers, value village, unique. Uh, those were big in my area. Uh, I don't think they do. Like, I don't think they uh, have, have a way to do that. So I think pretty much everything still hits the floor with them. And it kind of depends on the other thrift stores, what they're doing with it, um, whether they have like ways to move it online. Uh, for my most luck in finding video games was usually at savers. Um, I would, uh, it's very hard to get video games, as I said, at thrift stores. Like it is super difficult, but uh, I did have a couple of savers where I knew 
the uh the guy putting out the media so i know the time so he is like moving video games out and i just kind of uh check it out then and basically for video games anything good is going to go like in a minute or minute or so once it's put out so you have to be there when the the new stuff is being put out basically for that because it's so hyper competitive the only i live in a rural area compared to you two the only time i ever see video games is at garage sales it's the mm -hmm. only time i ever see them I work with a lot of estate and auction houses. I never see them there either. I don't know why. Um, and thrift stores, definitely not. Same as you guys. Mm -hmm. I do think about this. Like, it's almost beneficial to somebody like yourself that video games don't exist in thrift stores anymore, right? Because it's, it's, it's like the barrier to entry. Like, if I started from nothing today and I wanted, you know, to be Jack 2.0, I wanted to have a video game selling business, like that you got to put the work in and develop relationships in order for your business to even exist. Because, you know, we all just basically said, you're not, you're not walking into a thrift store anymore and finding a stack of video games that are worth more than three bucks when you look them up on eBay and mm -hmm. Amazon. So like it's beneficial to you. I think that it's almost gotten tougher. And I think a lot of people like they're, they gravitate towards video games because a lot of us grew up playing them. So everybody thinks, Hey, I'm going to sell video games. I see it all the time. Like, how do I get ungated and, and selling video games and, you know, selling this and selling that when it comes to video games. And I just, I try to tell people like, is it really worth it to get ungated in Nintendo? Because I'm lucky if I come across 10 Nintendo games the whole year. Right. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of good for you that it's the barrier to entry is so much harder, but I'm curious, right. If you got to go back and start today, like what, what would be like your, your approach with the knowledge you have now? Would it be, would you even bother with thrift stores at all? You only go in once a month now, just so you can be like, Hey, yeah, I still go to thrift stores, right? <laughs> just keep it on your resume. But uh, I'm just curious, like if you had to go back and start over knowing what you know today, would thrift stores even be on the radar for you at all? Or would you just push like what you're talking about, like the Craigslist ads and trying to find collections? Uh, so in uh, in our group, uh, the Giants and as well, we have a guy uh, named Jameson who's on my calls who's super good at finding these uh, deals in Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, garage sales. He always has like a collection buy every week going on. So you basically either need to put in a ton of time uh, to trying to find these deals or have the capital to do it. And he's putting in a lot of time. So it is definitely possible to find these deals out there. Um if I were just getting started today, I probably would not do video games just getting started because it is so hard to actually find it. And I would probably do the exact same thing I did these days as well when I got started with it is focus on the books at thrift stores first, um, just because it's so abundant, uh, the books out there. Uh, so for thrift stores, you pretty much need to do either clothing or some kind of media books, that kind of stuff, if you want to do it, because there's so much clothing out there. And I hate clothing, uh, but that's something you can buy super cheap there. And there's just so much abundance of it. So I probably wouldn't do anything different. I just do books these days as well, just to get started, because when I when I got started in 2016 on Amazon, books was pretty much like 80 percent of what I sold on there. I sold some video games I had uh, as well, maybe some DVDs occasionally, but uh, it's pretty much books. And that's just because that's what is so available and so abundant. And I built up capital from that. And I also ungated my account on everything. Like I ungated Nintendo through books. I ungated Nike through books uh, and basically had like a fully unlocked account by just selling books on there. So I would I would still do the same thing, just focus on books at thrift stores. And it's funny you mentioned Jameson. He's also in uh, Mike's group here. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to join. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to join after this. Yeah, every time, the every time I drive past a piece of furniture on the side of the road, I think about <laughs> him, right? 
because yeah. he's like he has crazy like he'll flip anything and if he's getting I, this furniture for free and he's got the space i mean he crushes it i'm just like holy smokes i wish i, I had love a truck <laughs> i love him he's like a he's like the guy who's like going out and like making these deals and getting these collections every week he has to find something crazy it's uh it shows like if you put in the time to do it like you can get the stuff out there but you have to put in the time and really like especially in the video games are just so competitive of a niche but he's like he's shown it's definitely possible he's doing pokemon oh, cards as well yeah he grinds man he's, yeah. he's the definition of a hustler <laughs> right there yeah <laughs> it is it, it just goes to show i talked about a youtube video not too long ago like you can have all the knowledge in the world right jack could be the the biggest video game expert on everything he knows every edition of console every console every video game but if jack doesn't actually put in the time to find these deals his business doesn't exist right so at the end of the day you got to take action on what you're doing and i'm curious here like all right so so you, you get into video games uh was it like when you started getting into video games was like was there ever a point where you're like man maybe i should have stayed with books like did you ever think about going back because like you weren't getting the results you thought you were going to get even though you're excited about it right because you sound like you were kind of like me right books we make money on them the money excites us but it's like not going to get us up in the morning to go list 100 books on ebay like johnny so it's like did you ever hit a point when you got into video games where you're like all right maybe this isn't what i thought it was going to be and maybe i should go back to books I uh, no, actually, I kind of immediately just saw success with it. Like, uh, one of the things it, that was successful for me is like breaking up lots that I'd buy on eBay, like buyout uh, collections on there. And uh, like, I was kind of surprised at first, like how well it's actually working out for me. And I got in a, really the perfect time for it, like in 2019, right before 2020, where it just like exploded uh, that whole uh niche the video game niche really like took off during that time so uh, i was super happy with it at first i was looking for a way to expand my business because you feel with books there's only so much i, I was grinding a lot i was going to thrift stores about two to three hours per day uh then listing and all that and kind of just ran out of sources i could actually source the books from and i had to expand uh to something else so uh like i had the capital from the books and i was looking for something else to go to i was doing like buying off ebay I'd have a list of like all the books and like high end stuff that I flipped from thrift stores and then make a list to find them on eBay and just looking for more stuff I could add uh, to like scale up my business because you kind of run out of time at some point when you're going to thrift stores. Uh, there's you just kind of run out of supplies in your area to actually get. So once you get more money, uh, you can it kind of opens up more opportunities to do what you can do and like stuff you can buy from it. So like it worked out. That was basically the natural transition is just uh, like just trying to invest more capital into my business and uh like because i was running out of time and sources in my area for thrift stores where it just made more sense to kind of the natural progression to it so it could have been video games or anything else but video games is something i love as well and i just found the niche and like found success in it so that's what my next thing came became on uh, amazon for that so you, mike made a very good point um i do a lot of ebay listings people are mm -hmm. like why and well, honestly, I do like the books um, and uh, I get that it's just money to probably uh, Mike and whatever. But I think you yourself actually like the video games. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's fun to do it. But it would also be like I would do something else, too, if there wasn't profitable in it. Like it's just super profitable and it's something I enjoy doing as well. Like I have a lot of knowledge in it. Like I have a small Instagram following as well, uh, which I haven't posted to in a long time. But uh, like I'm kind of known as like the video game guy uh, at this point with it in my business. So it's like kind of cool that I can do something I really enjoy with it as well and make money with it. I will not take offense if you start a YouTube channel called Jack, the used video game guy. 
we can, we can be one together. <laughs> so, I actually do have a YouTube channel I used to have, uh, and I haven't posted into a long time. But uh, like, especially, I am uh, considering uh, starting up doing some more YouTube and Instagram pretty soon with that. So, we'll uh, we'll see on that. I do have one though, uh, video game sourcing on Instagram, and video game source is my YouTube channel. So maybe at some point I'll uh, post a little bit there more at some point. <laughs> hey, you I've gotta... watched your YouTube videos; they're really good. Huh? i like one of your like little minion subscribers over there <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm curious do you have a collection of video games for yourself that you're not going to sell you know like maybe you collect you know nintendo switch or something like that do you have a personal collection so i play a lot of video games i enjoy playing uh, i've never been super into collecting uh, i was into it for a little bit i used to have a sealed video game collection i uh, if you look behind me there's some video games uh back there um i i'm sort of interested in a little bit uh but i more enjoy just selling and uh like for me it's the enjoyment comes from selling and getting good deals on it. Like just having it for a little while and selling it is more fulfilling to me than actually owning it. Like I don't really care about owning a certain game. I like to play games. Um, like I, I, I kind of enjoy it, the idea of collecting. And I, I used to be more into sealed game collecting, but like after I started selling stuff, I kind of, it, the stuff takes up a lot of space physically and I just more enjoy playing the games themselves and collecting. So I don't really consider myself a big time collector so much. I like some of the stuff I'd like learning about though more is more like rarities of video games, uh, misprints of box art, like variations of games. Like I'm into sports cards a little bit too. So kind of the, the um, like, printing errors on uh cartridges and different variations of stuff is more interesting to me and kind of the history of video games uh so sometimes i'll collect a little bit like old school nintendo games are different variants of box art but i don't really collect so much uh, like i just enjoy selling uh mostly i don't really consider myself so much of a collector that's right like the money like myself you <laughs> yes. know Listen, i'll find the emulation somewhere online yeah i want to yeah. play the game down the me road too. yep um, yep i'm curious though like so you kind of like got into video games when like the the pandemic was happening. So you almost like were getting in on the wave as it was going up here. And I do think uh, I think now we're kind of on the downswing, at least with, you know, used media overall. There's a lot of people that, you know, have gone away just, you know, in my group alone and just seeing, you know, less faces out there. You do see new faces, but not as much as kind of when you first got into video gaming and it was on the rise because everybody knows like 2020, 2021, like it's going to be hard for us to replicate the numbers that we had in those years just because of the way everything was. Um, are you concerned at all, like about the downswing we're going to see here? Are you just like, kind of like we are, we're committed to it anyway. So it really doesn't matter, but just your opinion on like, do you think there's going to be more people trying to come in and sell video games or less people? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's definitely changed a lot from 2020 or so. Uh, 2020 was the first year I sold over a million on Amazon uh, in total revenue. Um and it's kind of like stayed about the same uh, since then or so. Uh, so. So like 2020 was kind of an anomaly with uh, in 2021 as well. And I'm, I'm seeing definitely a downswing in the used area uh, like of sales on Amazon. Like it's getting a lot more competitive. There's a lot more used companies uh, like bulk sellers on listings now, like sending stuff in. Uh, so it's definitely changed a lot where it's a lot harder than it was in 2020, 2021, 2022 even. Um, and a lot of video game sellers I talk to are kind of frustrated right now with it. A couple are uh, 
are leaving the platform, but I'm still seeing success with it. I'm still profitable uh, in my buying. And as long as I'm still profitable with it and still doing well, I'm going to keep doing it definitely. But I'm starting to add in a little bit more sales channels as well, as well as Amazon. I think one of the issues with Amazon is it is so easy to list an item there, FBA. All you do is you scan the barcode and you just send it in, no pictures or anything like that. And I think that's uh, encouraged a lot of bulk companies to start like flooding the market with stuff on there, which is fine. That's uh, that's normal. This is just there's not the demand there was in 2020, 2021 with everyone at home, uh, like needing uh, used media, DVDs, books, uh, video games and stuff like that. So it's definitely down a lot since then, but there's still a lot of profit being made from it. I am seeing a lot of sellers so moving to different platforms like whatnot in eBay. I had a conversation just yesterday with a like a really big Amazon seller um uh in video games who used to be exclusive video games where he's actually moved off the platform entirely now and is entirely ebay because a lot of the the cheaper especially in the video game area a lot of the common bulk stuff has really tanked pretty hard uh during 2020 2021 you could sell this stuff for like maybe 15 bucks or so now it's down to about like the floor price of six to seven where you're basically making no money uh but people are finding that they can sell this stuff on ebay for maybe like you know, seven or eight bucks and pocket a little bit of money on that. So I am seeing uh, some video game sellers starting to transition to other platforms a little bit. But for me, like I still really enjoy Amazon as a smaller operation, just myself, pretty much like being able to scan a barcode and throw in a box is still like I can, the time it takes to do is so much faster than having to take photos on eBay that right now for me, I'm just like focused on as long as there's still profit to be made from it. So, um, back to what Mike was saying on the, we've seen people come and go. And I've definitely noticed that even in refinement group, the people that were attending the media call when I first joined, not all the same faces are still there and same. Well, I don't attend your call uh, all the time, Jack, because usually Fridays are a busy day for me, but I attend when I can, but I have noticed there same, same kind of deal when I, I pop in one month, come back a month and I'm steady for like a month on your thing. Um, Sometimes the faces just go away for whatever reason. Don't know what happened. There was no, bye guys, I'm out. It's just, yeah. they're, they're, they no longer appear. So reselling is super low barrier to entry. Uh, so a lot of people get involved with that. Uh, and it, it is definitely a business that you need to run with it. And a lot of people don't take it as seriously with that. They're kind of, a lot of people do it just to move on to the next thing. So maybe they need some capital or something like that. And it's pretty easy like to get started with it and some people move on to other stuff they don't want to scale up their business they don't want to really run it as a real business maybe they don't really make it in it and they kind of just move on to something else like doing uber or something as well with that like they can't like kind of figure out how to make it work so it like since it is so low low barrier to entry like reselling is like a lot of people get involved in it and there's a lot of turnover with it where they kind of move on to something else but uh like i love uh i love reselling like i uh one of the things i kind of got involved in it early on is I used to always be into video game markets and like selling on auction houses and video games and like uh this is like the real life version of it like uh making money like I just love uh selling stuff basically and just uh turning being able to buy something cheap and then sell it for more so it's something I really enjoy doing I probably always have some part in so like uh for me uh like I'll be doing this for a really long time I'm sure so going back to the similar faces that are still around i have noticed mm -hmm. there are a lot of big video game sellers <laughs> and, and, and the highlight of that is you all seem to get along and yeah. you are hyper competitive or there's no like animosity which is really cool to see at the higher end that all you guys are pretty much get along yeah yeah i'm on discord with a couple of video game sellers as well we talk a lot uh with it um like we don't go so far as like to 
like discuss like pricing strategies and so much usually uh but we will um like there's a lot of like talking among us we we talk about like what's going on with amazon it's really nice like we uh, with my call in uh in the uh chris and tech group uh like i brought together a lot of like video game sellers there's people on discords who are together as well so like i i pretty much know just about like every major video game seller on amazon at this point um which is really cool uh like in we, we like kind of share info and talk to a little bit like it is a smaller community than the used book community uh, i see a lot of the used book people kind of going at each other in the facebook groups occasionally <laughs> so uh it's a little bit of a smaller community uh with us uh so it's kind of cool to like just chat up and uh talk to people in that and like uh it's been nice to do a little bit of social media as well that's why i wanted to do this podcast uh with you guys too because it's uh cool c- connecting with people and talking with people and uh kind of sharing info uh that you both know about the platform i've learned a lot from just like talking with people in it all right now i got two hot takes here okay first hot take the book community is not as nice and friendly <laughs> as everybody makes it out to seem yeah and that's, i agree <laughs> i mean you can just go into any one of these groups right and oh the book community is so helpful that's kind of like why i started the channel is because like <laughs> it's almost the opposite out there right you go to a library sale like these people won't even talk to you and they just run in and run you over run your kids over run your wife over run you over like it's not really like almost you know a community close-knit so i agree with you 100 like there's a lot of there's a lot of ignorant uh media booksellers out there still and yeah. the second one is it's crazy to me right because i look back when i started reselling and there wasn't all of these resources where you could basically sit down with somebody like Jack once a week for an hour who does over a million dollars in sales and ask him anything about selling video games. You can start from nothing today and you will get a lifetime of advice from a seven figure Amazon seller. And people still are like, nah, I can't do this. It was nice meeting you, Jack. Uh, I'll talk to you in the next lifetime. Like it's crazy to me that we have these resources out there and people just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think, I think it's kind of what you said though, right? It's like, if you don't take the action, if you're not willing to put in the time and really understand what it takes to have a business, it's not just, oh, I went to the Goodwill today and I sold one video game for $10 that I bought for five. Like, it's, it's there's so much more to that, but it's still crazy. Like, once a week, you can sit down with Jack, ask him any question you have about selling a video game, probably turn yourself into a six-figure video game seller within, you know, the year. And you're just like, nah, I don't want no parts well, of that. Bra- uh, Brad uh, is... Uh probably does 10 times the sales I do uh like and he's uh he shows up to our calls like quite a bit like he's uh probably one of the biggest video game sellers on uh Amazon with his company and uh he's still uh like you can just come on and just ask him the questions he'll answer for a while too it's crazy like he's so nice he's such a nice place nice guy he's like, one I of never, the nicest yeah. people yeah. in the group honestly oh yeah he's amazing like uh um like uh brad uh like on my call he'll come on like every so often and the book community i agree with you like i i sometimes catch up on the facebook groups and it's it's so bad in there um it's just a lot of complaining all the time like a lot i think it's like i said it's very low barrier to entry and i when i used to do the book game for myself like i i think i did it super well like uh i was really efficient with how i did it and I was always trying to be super nice to my competition. I never kind of got in their face or like I'd work with them. I wouldn't like try to like hog books or anything like that. But I, I always tried to be super nice to them, talk to them. And it mostly like in books, it feels like 
especially locally, everyone is super competitive. Like there's been book sales we went to where there's like basically fights, fights breaking out where they're like, just like all over each other. Like I've heard like screaming at book sales is completely crazy. Like um, what goes on there sometimes. I'm a, hold up, Johnny. I'm going to go on record here because book sales are one of my things I get all the time. Mike, why don't you go to book sales? Well, Jack just summed it up for you, right? <laughs> if I don't have to go to book sales and deal with these uh, these people that are just rude and ignorant, yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to put myself through torture just to maybe get a bag full of books, right? And yep. deal with all the, the crazy people that sit outside for three hours. I just, yep. I can better utilize my time. So um, that's why you never see any, you know, use book guy at a library book sale, go to library yep. sales. I don't have to, and I don't want to deal with the crazy people that Jack's talking about. And you better <laughs> believe they're at every single book oh, sale. Yeah. Cause I've been to a yep. few and for, I don't want no, I don't want no parts of it. I don't got it. So it's like, you know, he, he's right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, there's like screaming matches like occasionally in book sales in the first few minutes of it like the, at the at the end of my book selling career uh around 2019 uh i i basically only was going to one book sale that was like once a quarter they had it on and the only reason i went to that one is because they had a really good price book section where i could spend a lot of money pretty quickly on like the price books um so like it was it, it, it was really frustrating like it's it's super annoying to me because i like to talk to people and kind of learn from them as well and uh, like share info uh on that and there was really very few book people who wanted to do that who wanted to kind of talk about their business or anything like that and you you learn a lot from people like telling them you don't have you can be a, selling the same thing and like still share info and help each other out with it i get so much help from from other like video game sellers and it's been super nice like having like a community and talking to them and like like I can go to Brad and say like, are you seeing this with that, with this? And like people message me all the time, like asking what's up with this and I'll message them. So it's super nice to like be able to go back and forth with it. So like I, like it was really frustrating with the book community where like they do seem to be like mainly very uh, mad people, very mad at the, at the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went a year without seeing a competitor in my EB, eBay business rather. And uh, everybody else was mainly Amazon. I didn't care too much about the Amazon competition. Um, so this one girl, I brought my employee to library sale. She was very nice, uh, the competitor person. She's she's in my niche, um, a little bit more uh, antiquarian, but also vintage. I turned to my employee. If she doesn't play nice, we will end her. And what that <laughs> means is we will be there before her. I will pay more than they're asking for and buy out all of her goods. I will find out where she lives and crush her. But until then, we'll be very nice to her because it, it, there's no need to do that unless it's a threatening your own business kind of game or she's a royal pain in the butt. So I was always overwhelmingly nice uh, at these places. I feel like uh, even the kind of let people kind of walk over me a little bit with it, like because I was doing well with books and I didn't feel like my competition was doing as well with it. And like sometimes we'd all we both be there at the same time when they're putting out new books and I wouldn't be very aggressive and kind of like I knew they were being super aggressive, like with that kind of stuff with their scanning and stuff. And like I, I mostly just kind of held back a little bit with it. But yeah, it, there's there's a lot of aggression that goes on with like it feels like a very much like um uh like limited mindset with it because they're looking for like the same resources. They feel like they have to compete with you for that. So I'm kind of glad to not be in it as more as much as well having to deal with the thrift store stuff because I have so much stuff I can buy. Like I don't have the time to buy it all and process at this point. So I, I love uh, the way I source now compared to that. 
Yeah, there, there's no reason to do that unless, like what I said, your business is directly being threatened, <laughs> then it's game on. Um, sure, we'll play that game. But anyway, um, I would be remorsed if I didn't ask you a specific eBay question because mm-hmm. we do have some eBay listeners yeah. and all of our Amazon people, they dabble in uh, eBay. Um, so can you talk a little bit about your eBay business side? I know you sure. do as well in there. So uh, I would like to do it more. Uh, right now, I'd say 95% of my sales are Amazon uh, with uh, maybe a little bit on eBay. Um, I would like to spend it more because like Amazon can be a little bit crazy. Uh, it is good to have like a mastery of Amazon and it's probably the best platform in my opinion to sell on, but it is good to have some diversity in your business and I would like to do it some more. Um I am seeing a lot of video game sellers moving on to eBay, selling more common stuff on there. But for what I do with eBay, uh, I I kind of have a passion for sports cards as well. Like I enjoy like the collectible market, like also a little bit of TCG cards. And those just don't really work on Amazon. So a lot of what I sell on uh, eBay is like graded stuff and collectible, like higher end stuff that wouldn't work on Amazon really. So a lot of my eBay stores, the graded cards, uh, like some sealed card product that like I enjoy enjoy buying and holding for a little bit, kind of just as like a side hobby thing. And uh, also like graded video games. Um, that market has tanked pretty badly in the last few years, but it's something that's kind of interesting to me because I used to be interested in collecting sealed video games. So that's what my eBay store is, just more higher end collectible. I think my ASP on eBay is probably like $150 or something like that crazy because like I'm just selling the expensive stuff basically on eBay. So it, it, to get me to list on eBay it requires uh, something pretty expensive to sell on there because I, I just don't like it. <laughs> I thought I was being greedy at my twenty dollars, one hundred fifty. So, I mean, holy smoke! Got to up your game, Mike. You got to up your game, dude. It's tough out here in the thrift stores. All right, why do you think you don't go to them no more? <laughs> um, so I got a, I got an assumption here, and you're the perfect person to ask, and I'm gonna prove whether I'm the smartest non-video game seller out there or I'm the dumbest. Does Nintendo stuff hold its value the best out of all the platforms, like the, the, I guess, the publishers? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would say Nintendo is the best. Um, there are some publishers that are also good, but they're much smaller. Uh, some like niche publishers are really good from like the PlayStation 2 era. They made a lot of like RPGs and stuff like that, still held their value really well. But Nintendo is just consistently, basically anything they make is going to hold their value or, uh, be really close to it um like gamecube games nintendo first party all those are pretty much crazy over a hundred dollars at this point uh most of them are and then anything like even the wii stuff there's a couple wii nintendo first party titles that don't do too too well like super mario galaxy is like something like 15 bucks or so but most of the stuff on wii uh like like new super mario brothers is easy like like 40 to 60 dollars usually uh so nintendo stuff holds this value super well basically you can pretty much blind buy anything nintendo like anything zelda mario donkey kong anything like you see at thrift you can just pick it up and not even scan it and it's probably gonna be good I'm going to reverse the question. Is there anything in Nintendo to avoid purchasing? Well, they've made a few games that have bombed pretty badly. I can't think of, like, there's just random stuff. Uh, you probably wouldn't even think they're associated with Nintendo. Uh, but uh, occasionally, like, there will be a couple things. But you probably wouldn't even recognize it as a Nintendo published pretty much. So anything you recognize in Nintendo, like, it's doing, probably going to do well. Like, Zelda, anything Zelda, Mario, um anything like you recognize as a Nintendo character is probably doing well. Even like Wii Sports is like uh, something that sells for like, like $25, $30 at least. And sometimes even more uh, if it's complete. So like um, basically anything Nintendo is going to like be worth picking up. 
hey, uh, Wii Sports is the one that comes in a little cardboard sleeve, right? Uh, most of them are cardboard sleeve. They did make a one in a case, like the Nintendo Selects version of it. They also made a different version of it in a case, too. And there's, there's also Wii Sports Resort, which uh, does really well. Uh, that game used to sell for like 80 bucks during like 2020, but now it's like uh, 40 to 60 or so. So, yeah. So uh, all you people out there on YouTube, I posted <laughs> that bolo last week because yeah. I found uh, some of the Wii Sports in the cardboard case. And it's over yeah. 25 bucks a day got checked yep. in. And that's like it's yep. that's one of the more common ones you actually find out in thrift stores because usually yeah. it's just in with the CDs or something. But I got a few rapid fire questions. All right. For you. OK. All Let's right. Go. So you're an Amazon seller. Do you have a repricer? Yeah, uh, I use reprice it and be cool, be cool for new, uh, reprice it for old or for used, but uh, I don't like either. So I need a better option. Whoa, I use both of them. That's uh, that's that's really interesting. I do like you do use reprice it because it's simple for me. And I always, you know, that's when I always push on people. And for the new stuff, it's the same reason why I use be cool. So you can set your mins and maxes and, mm -hmm. you know, make sure you don't lose money on that. Um, it, I'm curious. If you have a suggestion for a repricer, I'm looking for a better one. So <laughs> go ahead, though. I'm, I'm on repricing with <laughs> okay. you, so uh, all right. I'm not going down that rabbit hole either. There's probably like 10 million out there, and they're probably all garbage. Yeah. Uh, what like what's like an average inventory like amount you carry in your Amazon store? If you don't mind us, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah, pre in previous years is like 20k would be normally what I have. Uh, then uh, like uh, all the. I, I had a lot of issues with the uh, FBA storage. That's over now, pretty much. Uh, these days, I'm usually around about 13 to 14K, but ideally, I'd like to be back to 20K. And that's all video games? Uh, almost entirely, like 95%. I mean, I, I'm speechless because I don't think <laughs> I've seen that many video games out and out in the wild in my career, but you don't go out in the wild anymore. You, you got a better way of doing it. So that is pretty eye-opening, right? 13 you know, 15,000 and you did kind of hit it on the head here, like storage, storage limits kind of screwed you over. Yeah. And you know how they change it this year where, you know, if it does go down, you can bid to get more yeah. space. Is that something like you're willing to do with, you know, the numbers you're doing? Once they changed it, uh, I had no issue. Uh, the main problem before was it was unit based. Uh, so video games are super small, but now it's uh, cubic feet based and it doesn't matter anymore. Like I have plenty of space. So uh, I, I ran into major issues with that in the past few years, but that was mostly because over the summer video games sell a lot slower. So my sell through was down on that. But now that they changed it to cubic feet, I have no problem anymore. That's uh, do you use a listing software? You don't have to name which one. I use Inventory Lab. Uh, I know most uh, media sellers don't use it, but I really like the accounting for it. Uh, so that's the main reason I use Inventory Lab. Oh, yeah, that's uh, I always say that's the best one as long as you're mm -hmm. willing to pay it, pay up for it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's the cleanest, it's the prettiest, and it does have the accounting if you use that as well. So that's an added benefit. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see what else here. So you got 13,000 and it's based off cubic feet now. So that probably puts you around like what? 350 cubic feet, give or take a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think my limit is currently around 350 and I'm using maybe like 200 or something like that. Uh, and it should go up during Q4, uh, when sales spike up a lot more during that time period. So like, I, I'm using about half the space or so what, right now. What's your take on storage limits? Are they going to crack down again this year across the board or what's your, what's your opinion on what's going to happen? I'm just curious. I'm hoping they finally figured it out. Uh, they kind of rug pulled us last year in quarter four, like, uh, right before quarter four, they dropped our limits massively at least for me, um, like I had a lot of space in summer and then got rug pulled during quarter four uh, and couldn't send in for a few months. It was terrible. Um, I'm hoping with the new cubic feet system, I really like it a lot. It makes sense. That's based on your actual storage space. 
Uh, as long as I keep that, uh, I'm good with it. And if I really have to, I would bid first base, but I haven't had to yet. My argument to that would be, um, this, just before Johnny B chimes in here, is they start everybody out with seems like 100 cubic feet. Right. And for mm -hmm. books and media, that's actually a lot, right? Because yeah. if we kind of convert mm -hmm. that, it's almost 4,000 books you could have in there, give or take some. And if we look at you know where we were at last year with the units, you were maxed out at 1000, right? Yep. So mm -hmm. I just find it hard to believe, like, I don't know, it's just because I don't trust Amazon, I guess. It's like, I don't see them allowing all media sellers to continue to have 4000, you know, basically I, unit space. I agree with you. I think 100 is probably a little bit too high to start people out with. Um, they That might be some day pull back on at some point with that. But at least as far as like, uh, like sell through and uh, like them increasing it has been pretty good for me on that. So like, I've been happy with the, the new system. All right. So you don't have to be specific here. We do have a couple of people like Jameson and Luke in uh, Mike's group that do video games. If you had, and Luke's fairly new at it. Uh, if you had to point somebody in the right direction for sourcing video games, and you could be as vague as specific as you'd like, what would you advise them? Uh, it depends on the capital you have available to you. Um, if you're doing what I'm doing, which is like going out, like trying to like find collections and being able to pay up more for them, uh, then like you can do that. You can look on eBay for people selling like like bulk lots, uh, like sites like that. But if you don't have the capital available to you, like you don't have a ton of money saved up yet, then you really need to uh, do what like Jameson's is doing and like posting to Facebook Marketplace, like trying to find deals, like driving around, trying to like hit up yard sales early, calling guard sales early, that kind of stuff with it. So it all depends on the capital you have available with it. It is a lot harder to do what I'm doing with it. I think uh, I just like got gained experience over the years. So I know I basically know the entire video game catalog, Amazon kind of in my head at this point and know what stuff sells for. So I can look at a lot and see, oh, there's a video game in there that sells for 80 bucks. I know it can like get that game for 80, sell for 80. And then basically the rest of the games are pretty much free. So um like you gain that experience over time with it, but you kind of have to put the time into it. So I, I would probably just uh, really work super hard trying to find these uh, these deals that you can get out there like Jameson is doing in it and just uh, kind of keep uh, like really working hard on it. All right. I got a few more rapid fire mm -hmm. questions here for you. All right. So I'm out at the thrift store. I come across, you know, a handheld, right? Maybe it's like a Nintendo DS or something. I want to send this into Amazon. Uh, Give me a rundown of how I would do it. I just have the DS with the with the power, you know, cable. That's it. Like, how would you send that into Amazon? So I'm not an expert on that kind of stuff because I actually focus more on the software, like just the media of it. Uh, but there are people who do a lot of like uh, controllers, accessories, like consoles. Um, it just takes so much time as like a one person operation right now. I can't I can't do it, but I do know how these people do it. And like if you get like a DS, you get it at, at a thrift store or something, you'd want to test it, make sure everything's working correctly with it. Uh, like test it the best you can, like test um, it, whether it's playing games, whether there's any issues with like, the controllers, like anything like that. But uh, then you'd want to like kind of like wrap it up, bubble wrap it and um, include the uh, the charger or anything that's in the Amazon listing, find the Amazon listing for it, see what's included in the Amazon listing, make sure you're including everything that's in it, like cords, chargers, all that. Put it in a box and then uh, put your FBA label on it. But I personally don't really do much uh, hardware uh, right now with it just because I don't have the uh, the time to actually process it because I can I can basically just scan a barcode of a video game, throw it in a box and be done with it. Where with uh, like there's a lot more time that goes into like dealing with controllers and hardware, cleaning, testing, all that. All right, Jack, you got to debunk the person that's probably typing this up right now in the comments mm -hmm. of this video. Jack, 
I sell video games and everybody returns my stuff all the time. <laughs> what, what's your return rate, Jack? Spill the beans here. Um, are you twenty percent return rate? You're making no money or what? What's going on? Amazon's four percent for me. Uh, that's probably higher than eBay a little bit, uh, just because Amazon you're gonna get more returns on there. So four percent is fine. You can just factor that into your margins. Most of the time, uh, I get back the game when it gets returned to me. And usually, what happens is that uh, either the customer just didn't like it, they returned it. Uh, maybe they couldn't figure out how to play it. They didn't think it was the right game. So a lot of times, like at least half the time, you just send it right back in. Uh, I usually test them first to make sure they're working. Um, if this is a return to me, uh, make sure the disc is in good condition. Uh, a lot of times the case will break um, during uh, because Amazon doesn't package these stuff that well. Uh, in that case, you just replace the case and send it right back in. And uh, so returns are no real issue. Maybe very rarely I get scammed. I've never been scammed out of a very high dollar game. A lot of times for some reason, it's like the cheap games, like a $10 game. They just like didn't return the disc. I don't know why. Like <laughs> in that case, it doesn't matter. Like it's not even worth filing an A to Z claim on it or anything like that. Uh, so uh, I don't really care too much about it. I kind of just like think it's going to happen over time and just I uh, don't worry too much about it. Um, like I've heard of people like on YouTube saying they are playing like invisible marker on their games to market. That's crazy. Uh, like just list more video games, just list more stuff. Like it's going to happen so rarely to you that you're going to get returns to just factor into your profit margin. It's no big deal. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I got a couple questions. Um, uh -huh. one would be, what do you, you do a lot of lots. So what do you do with the stuff that isn't worth sending into Amazon? So, um, I don't have a great way to liquidate my bulk right now. Uh, if it's really not worth sending in, like it's a 5 to $6 game on Amazon, which you're not making any money on, basically, uh, I'll take the disc and save the disc. And uh, maybe at some point, I make some lots of like 500 video game disc lots on eBay. I just haven't gotten around to doing it. But I have thousands and thousands of these discs saved up. And But usually what I do is I take the case and I reuse the case. So if the case is in good condition, I'll just uh, take it and then reuse it when the uh, case is in bad condition. So uh, that's where I get my replacement cases is the bad games that aren't worth sending in. Now, the 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 horribleness that comes with disc media, and I think you know what I'm about to say, is the cleaning. Oh, yeah. How, how much cleaning do you do and any tips and advice on the cleaning process? The cleaning is hard. Um, it's frustrating. And um, uh, these days I actually uh, am looking more to – uh, buying stuff that doesn't require as much cleaning, like uh, newer newer games, uh, Blu-ray games usually won't require as much cleaning as older uh, DVD-based, CD-based games like Wii, uh, Wii 360 uh, are CD, DVD-based games, and they tend to scratch a lot easier. Blu-ray is a lot harder to scratch. Um, obviously, cartridges um, aren't like don't have that issues with it. But as far as like cleaning, that's a big issue. I have storage units full of games that are backed up that need to be cleaned. Uh, I do have cleaning machines, but uh, I always have a backlog of it because it's just me uh, doing it at this point. Uh, there's a lot of options uh, on that very quickly. Like a lot of people start with the JFJ Easy Pro, which is like $130. Uh, then it gets a lot more expensive from that point forward. There's uh, Eco Pros, which I personally don't like. Uh, if you go to Elm USA, you type in the Google, you'll find them. Those are about like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars each. They do okay. The ones I really like are like called the Eco Auto Smarts. I have four of those machines currently. 
Um, those are going to be about $2,000 used. Uh, and if you want to go crazy, there's the eco master, which will clean gains for you. That's what crazy people like Brad have, uh, in their operation, which, uh, automatically cleans like 50 discs at once. Uh, but those are going to be about $20,000 new $8,000 used. So yeah. So that's the uh, kind of the rundown of like the disc cleaning stuff. <laughs> uh, what about condition of, uh, like games? Because I always tell people and they ask me mm -hmm. like, Hey, like if I'm out at the store and I see a video <clears> game, like. I always prefer if the game has the manual, but a lot of these newer games don't even have manuals right. anymore, right? So, like, is it important to you that if you if you're you know selling a game on Amazon or something, like, is does a manual play a huge factor into you know what you're going to condition the game at? So for the manual, uh, I don't think it's as necessary anymore. Um, the um, the case I think is more important. The case artwork, I generally won't sell disc only. Uh, I just feel like uh, most people kind of expect the the case and the case artwork to be intact. So I generally won't sell a game without the artwork, at least uh, for the manual. Uh, it depends. Um, like I, when I first started doing it, I thought most games should be complete pretty much to sell on the platform. Uh, but like, I, I've started to sell games with no manual as well and haven't really noticed any returns or issues with that as long as you're not saying like it comes with it in your description. So I've never really like had issues with that. Uh, I still won't sell if it does if it's disc only usually. Um, but uh, as far as like uh, whether a game has no manual or not, you actually can tell uh, this is kind of something that people don't know, but especially with newer games, uh, most of them don't have manuals, uh, but they're required to print the warnings like seizure warnings and stuff like that somewhere. So the way you usually know how something never had a manual is on the inside of the cover art, they'll have all these warnings uh, on there. So when you open the case, you'll see all these warnings in the inside cover art. Uh, so that's how you usually know it doesn't have a manual. And if you actually look at games, you'll see like newer games have all the, all these warnings printed on the inside of the case and the cover art. And that usually means it had no manual. So that's one way you can know whether it has yeah, a manual. Yeah, I'm looking not. at it right now. And I'm yeah. pissed that my game doesn't yeah. have a manual. I mean, I've growing up, I miss reading the manuals of video games and they yeah. don't exist no more. Yep. <laughs> yep. Cheat yep. codes and all. So let's say in a very horrible land, eBay and Amazon didn't exist. What platform would you use to sell uh, video games on? I'm looking into whatnot right now. Uh, I probably will do it soon. I like the idea of it. Have some friends who do whatnot. I love the fact that you can just like hold up the item and then it sells, but it doesn't work for everything. Like books probably would be terrible on there. I know CDs don't do that well. DVDs don't do that well. Uh, video games do work on whatnot um, because there's a community like collectors who want to do it. So whatnot's probably going to be the next platform I really try to like focus on. Uh, I'm planning to move in a couple months here. So that's going to be one of the things I'm going to focus on, like have a dedicated streaming room for that and uh, uh, focus more on that platform. I'm glad you said the book game wouldn't work. <laughs> it is great to source on. I'll tell you that, but oh, it's really? horrible to sell on because I'm yeah. one of the usually only buyers and I'm like, yes, a dollar. Yes. A yeah. dollar. Yes. I, a dollar. Used, <laughs> I used to, I used to source some video games on there. Uh, unfortunately it's a little bit too slow. I tried it. Uh, the, uh, that, that's uh, the problem yeah, with sourcing yeah. there. You got to sit there yep. and all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting platform to source on though. I've got some good deals, but it just took it a little bit too long to source on there. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I like want to message them like can i just take a road trip to your place <laughs> way quicker yeah <laughs> i do think though like you have the opportunity right you know you have this youtube channel you know a decent amount of subscribers you got the instagram 
all you got to do is pop back up like, hey, Jack's back. Baby. Yeah. Check me out on whatnot, right? I'm planning to do it soon. I have an amazing whatnot name. My uh, whatnot name, I got in early on it. So my whatnot name is at video games. So when you see at video games go live, that'll be me. That's, that's Dude, a perfect video. If you ain't going to do whatnot, at least sell the name. Yeah, right? sell I, the trademark. I am approved. I am approved to sell on it. I just have never sold on it yet, but uh, I'm planning to do it pretty soon. So, But see, the problem here, Jack, is they want to see Jack sell the video game. So do you plan on doing the whatnot? streams or do you plan on hiring to get the circus hat and uh, eye monocle and go at it yeah. so i probably uh will do some appearances on there uh, i have uh someone in mind who i think will do really well at though um so we'll see on that uh i probably will uh, do a few appearances on there uh for it but i think the person i have in mind for is going to do way better uh at it than i will but we'll see on that in the realm of video games are you worried that we get to a point where physical video games don't exist anymore right because if we look at the you know ps5 you could buy the disc version or you could buy the digital only version uh, personally for me i prefer to have the physical copy in my hand but there are a lot of people out there they're like well if i'm going to save 100 bucks and i don't have to you know worry about you know having a disc or something people will go that route i'm curious what your opinion is is like with the future of gaming sure. and does it worry you as your business revolves around selling the physical media so as like a physical video game seller, it might be weird for me to say, like, I don't actually like the physical, like when I buy stuff, I'm buying digitally usually. So uh, I enjoy the convenience of digital personally. Like uh, I'm, I'm not that uh, into the, the physical stuff. Like I, I, like I enjoy like uh, selling it and handling it. And it's kind of cool to like see this cool stuff, but um, like, you're right though, that uh, eventually like the physical stuff should die off. Uh, there'll probably be some like niche market for it. Like at some point uh, I'm like, I've always known that my business like has some limited time span on it, but there's always going to be some demand for the older stuff as well. Uh, but like most of the stuff I sell is older games, like, um, you know, Wii, GameCube, like that era of stuff. Uh, so I'm not super concerned about it. Uh, but maybe at some point it'll die off a little bit, but uh, I'm always kind of willing to like transition my business and do other stuff. Like I, I started with used books. So like maybe in the future, I'll be going to something I enjoy, like sports cards or doing something else and transition to something else too. So I, I will say this and kind of, you kind of just proved my point though. It's like, I this year I've been selling so many DVDs and like people will be like, who buys DVDs, right? <laughs> like we, there's so many streaming services and it's the same with CDs, right? Who buys CDs? Well, yeah, there may be people that utilize these digital only platforms, but I, I think you hit it on the head. There's always going to be those people that still yep. are going to buy the physical media at the end of the day. Yeah, even though it's not for me so much, like I'm willing to like appeal to those people with it. And of course, there's always stuff like streaming where there's certain movies where like there's certain movies that I know that like, I like that are just not that popular and not on streaming services. So the only real way to do it is get the DVD of it. And those DVDs are still do like super well, actually. Um, so there's definitely a market for for that kind of stuff. But uh, for like the mainstream stuff is tanked a lot in DVDs. Uh, but there are there are some outliers on where you can do super well where they haven't aren't on streaming services at all, too. Here's another funzy question for you. So the boutique video games, like limited run games, are those mm -hmm. worth buying and holding on to? If you find them, should they go to Amazon or should they go to eBay? What about the boutique labels? What do you do when you come across that kind of stuff? Limited run is tough because they're they're kind of like manufacturing rarity on it where they're uh, intended to be rare. So 
I don't think they're going to do well long term because usually when you try to create something as a collectible, it doesn't do well as a collectible. Like stuff like organically usually becomes collectible over time. Like, but if you're creating something as a collectible and selling to like a market of collectors, usually that's not going to do well over time. I think uh, Lebanon Run was really popular many years ago. I used to buy all their releases at the start. And I kind of fell off of them. And it seems like they're like from hearing from other sellers, like they, they really don't have maintain the resale value anymore with the newer stuff there's sometimes niche releases to do well with it and as far as selling them i own a lot of the limited run stuff still i i sold a lot of it uh on ebay uh i'll do if there's an amazon listing for it i will sell it on amazon usually i have had a lot of returns with them run stuff a little bit more than normal because people are usually really picky about the condition of it uh so amazon might not be the best like route to do that with it might be better to do ebay on that so uh, especially if it's like a collector's edition or like a big thing they do uh like that might be the better place for it on ebay i have bought a lot from limited run in the past though um and i sold on amazon and ebay for it and had uh varying success on both platforms on it though but i don't i'm kind of skeptical of them long term though because they're like selling to the collector market and they're like selling it as like a rare collectible and usually that stuff does not do well long term so like uh i think a good example of this is something that kind of raised my eyes a reseller is uh recently they announced the friday the 13th game is going to be taken off the market because right. of their license mm -hmm. is expiring so like is this something where you're like i need to get my hand on every physical copy of friday the 13th because it's not going to exist you know in another few months or is this something where you're just like there's already a million of them made out there it's really not going to have a difference i'm just curious what your take is on it yeah that that's really a uh, good points uh with uh like games losing their licensing uh gets taken off the digital storefronts that's very common in video games and you do usually see uh, the physical copy jump up in price uh, right at that announcement of it. Uh, a couple of years ago, PlayStation was going to shut down the PlayStation 3 store and remove the digital copies of all PlayStation 3 games. You couldn't buy them digitally, but they reversed the decision on that. For a couple of months after that, the price of PlayStation 3 games uh, physical spiked up a ton. Uh, there are certain games that uh, like doubled or tripled in price. Uh, so yeah, any announcement of that is usually going to increase the value. Uh, long term, though, uh, sometimes it holds its value, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, one example I can give you is like Marvel Ultimate Alliance. They uh, lost the licensing for that um, uh, on the 360 and PS3, and uh, that that game, uh, the uh, there's a downloadable content for it, and you can't really get that content anymore, other than like a rare version they made, like the gold version of it. And that gold version, I think I've sold on Amazon for like uh, 300 bucks or something like that in the past, just because like you can't get the content anymore unless you're it's a very it's a very limited release of it with the uh, the content available. And you just can't get that content anymore unless you buy the, like the disc version of it. So because they've uh, delisted it. I did see uh, they, they closed down the Nintendo store for like, I, I forget what it was, maybe yeah. the 3DS. Wii U, yeah, Wii U and 3DS. Sorry. And yeah. uh, mm -hmm. the completionist over on YouTube, he went and bought every yeah. single game <laughs> and every single piece of DLC in yeah. the Nintendo store. And like, I just think to myself, like, how much is that going to be worth down the road? Because you have yeah. everything that was ever, I mean, you can't even... So 
put a price on it. The digital copies of stuff don't usually hold any premium. Usually, like if you have it digitally on a console save. So it's kind of that's kind of more archiving project. But like I was just doing just before this call, I was processing 3DS games, and there's certain games that have gone up a lot in value, like Kirby's Epic Yarn, I think is over a hundred dollars now around there. Uh Kid Icarus Uprising is like a hundred bucks. That was in that was in one of my I just processed it like 30 minutes ago. So uh some of these games used to be like $30 games that have gone up to like a hundred bucks now because you can't buy them digitally anymore. So I have a fun series of questions for you. And you can just say yes, no. And the questions are going to be, is this a viable business model? <laughs> so let's start with an easy one here. Disc only video games. Uh, it's a business model. I don't do it. But, it. but is it viable though? Would it work? It would work. Yeah, you could make it work. I'm sure someone could. Cartridge only business. That's really good. I don't do it though. Uh, I, don't, I don't deal with it as much. All right. Just video game manuals. I know someone who does it. Jameson does it. So yeah, that would uh, he does super well with that. All right. Now, um, now just the plastic actual casing. Uh, you could sell replacement cases. You could get them made uh, and import them to the U.S. Brad does that. Uh, so sure, you could do a business model on that. <laughs> All right. So just the little statue figurines that sometimes come with video games. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, those are super collectible. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. all right so basically you could do anything with video games yeah sure so that's all i'm hearing <laughs> okay all right back to mr mike all right i think we're gonna wrap it up here gentlemen okay uh right. it was fun hanging out you know kind of yeah. seeing the inside perspective of like a seven figure video game seller i mean you you heard him he doesn't even really mess with consoles right he focuses on pumping out the disc and uh it goes to show you can do anything out there right you start with books you get your feet wet you learn the platform you can sell anything you want and especially if it's something you're passionate about i mean i'm sure you don't hate getting out of bed to to, to go dig through video games you bought because you're <laughs> passionate about it right if I, when it's me i'm like i got ten thousand books in at the storage unit i gotta like drag myself there like <laughs> talk myself into actually well there is now. some of that too like it <laughs> for me but I, but yeah. I do think it is like you know it's eye-opening that you can have a business on amazon one person you got this part-time or maybe down the road uh you clone yourself for your whatnot stream but until that time comes it's like the possibilities are endless here and if it's something you're passionate about it's going to be a lot easier to kind of grow your business sure there's always going to be struggles and everything but uh I do think, you know, right here is the proof that video games are still viable. They're going to continue to be viable, as we said, even if we go to a digital only market here, there's still always going to be physical copies. And uh, just just send us off here, Jack. Let us know where we can find you on uh, Instagram and YouTube again. Yeah, sure. I haven't posted Instagram in a while, but my Instagram is video game sourcing. I plan to post it pretty soon. Uh, and on YouTube, my uh, YouTube channel is just video game source. So you have great. You got good handles for what you're doing. I mean, I, I'll give you that. You know, you, you got all your handles. For, I think you'll jump back into both once you decide to go down this whatnot road when you realize, mm -hmm. hey, I have a storage unit of 10,000 common games that I got to get rid of. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see here uh, what you do here in the next month. And just like the next year overall, like just think about it, right? You join the Daily Refinements Patreon group. You could sit down every week with this guy and literally build a video game business. Like if I decided to, I wanted to do video games an hour a week, just sitting down with somebody like yourself, it's like, you have every question answered. So take advantage of the opportunity here, right? You know, he's on Instagram, shoot him a DM. He's on YouTube, drop him a comment. Like 
people don't leverage these relationships enough, in my opinion. And I think that's why a lot of people go away because you almost feel like, oh, you're the only one out here. Well, it's actually the complete opposite. There's so many people like yourself that are like, hey, this is how things work. This is what you should do. This is how I did it. These are the mistakes I made when I was doing it. And you almost can kind of build like almost a perfect business from the start by leveraging people like yourself. So we appreciate you hanging out. We'll have to have you on again when you're, you know, doing 50 million on Amazon. Uh, and and then you'll be selling consoles. You probably won't even be doing video games. You'll be doing something else then. But uh, it'll, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks, Johnny, for uh, hunting him down out of the refinement group. This is the, what, the second person we've stolen from refinement <laughs> For, uh, for the podcast. I have a short list. I just saying. But yeah, Thank you. So, Thanks, go. guys. Thanks for having me. I'll join the Discord after, too. Like, it sounds like a really cool community. All right, we'll you guys have everybody out. in next week's episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members, along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.